Hi, welcome to the Gospel of Kennison. I am your host, James Kennison, and this is my personal audio journal where I share and strive to overcome the challenges of major depressive and anxiety disorder. <laughs> so, the question that I've been asking myself this week is what the heck am I going to do with myself? What the heck am I going to do with myself? I've been on this road, this depression road since before I was 40, but I kind of just I kind of just call it my 40s. My 40s were are gone. 50 years old now, 40s were spent being depressed. Um, these days I'm not depressed more than I am depressed and I'm up right now, even though it's a different kind of up, it's up, I'm up, but I'm not like super thrilled, happy up. I'm not perky getting out and doing things up. I'm not, let's get the podcast going 24 seven up like I want to be, but I am thinking about the future and that's not possible when I'm down when I'm up at least this time around I'm thinking big picture stuff what do I do with myself what's the rest of my life going to look like if I don't set a goal of some kind I'm going to be looking back at my 50s and I'm going to be in the same boat in my 40s I couldn't help it but like I said, nowadays I'm up more than I'm down, even though I still go down. Can't help that. But what can I do while I'm up? I can set goals. But what do I do with myself? So I started thinking, let's, you know, I just brainstormed on to my show notes is what I did. So I'm going to share with you kind of stream of consciousness what came out on the page. Okay. Whether I feel stupid about it or not. Okay. So, you guys know that one of my dreams before my last down period was to the prospect of, of pursuing stand-up comedy of some sort. And so that is one possible thing I could do with my future. I had purchased a book to help uh, it's called, it's called the new comedy Bible. It was suggested to me by a, a, a stand-up comic who, that I look up to very, very much. And, um, I had never picked up the book. I had a, uh, a, a journal to go with it and a pen and I'd never touched it because the downtime came. Uh, but now I'm up. So I don't have to, I don't have to, um, plot out my future. I just need to do the next right thing. And I don't need to decide if comedian is stupid or not, or if I'm good enough or not. Although, man, I've been listening to some guys lately on YouTube and I think I could do better than them uh, with my hands tied behind my back. I, I'm just so self-critical. Anyway, point being, I don't need to set up everything. All I got to do is the next right thing. And the next right thing is read the dumb book that I bought. Okay. Uh, second thing is I could be, I could go to churches and say, Hey, let me come do a special sermon, um, about depression because the church knows so very little about depression and depression is such it's, I mean, it's almost mainstream now. Everybody's depressed. 
Um, so I don't, I don't have to sit down and come up with a bunch of tour dates and contact a bunch of pastors. I need to work up a sermon. So that's the next right thing. I could teach discipline. I, I, I am very good at establishing and teaching and I know how to make kids behave. I know how to teach parents to do it, but I don't have to get a online presence and a, a zoom call and, you know, a bunch of business cards printed up. I just need to work up a curriculum, you know, a lesson plan. That's the next right thing. Um, I could also do graphic design. I've done it in the past. I could do it in the future. Um, all it would require is for me to flip a switch on my website and begin promoting drawyourpicture.com again on my podcast and uh, see if people want to start, you know, having me draw things. I, I might actually move it to jameskennison.com and make that the art place. I, I don't know, but I don't have to figure it all out. All I got to do is just start doing it, you know? And then of course, podcasting, but podcasting is a struggle. I didn't podcast, uh, that story show last week and I felt really crappy about it. And so how do I overcome what, what's the next right thing? And so I wrote down prep over several days because prepping is the part that stops me dead. Cause it's, it's so much, it, it is a lot of work. Okay. It's not digging ditches work. Okay. Everything's relative here. For me, it's a lot of work because you have to engage your brain. You have to sort through people's stuff that they have sent out and they have hope in their heart that you will play it on their show. And you have to weigh and balance every single thing. If it's not funny, can we make it funny? Can we, can we spin it somehow? If it's not well-written, can we rewrite it? You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that goes into putting a good show together. Um, but prepping over several days instead of the day before or the day of would be a next logical step, the next right step. And, and to put that down on a calendar somewhere, you know, we record on Thursdays. Um, I've already postponed releasing the show until Friday for, um, for, patrons and Tuesday, the following Tuesday for everyone else. And that gives me time to, after the fact, you know, to edit it and not be stressed and put it up kind of casually. Uh, but I'm not doing the same on the front end. And I, I think if I snuck myself in and did a little bit at a time, say 15 minutes a day, I think I could knock it out. And, it wouldn't be this big stress thing coming after me. I don't know. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that. So how, how, how do I make these changes and make them last? And one of the things that I've come up with as I've been praying is that I need to make God the center of my life instead of my depression. Now that makes me sound like a heathen. Um, but I think it's accurate. Okay. Depression has been the center of my life for the past 10 years minimum because it was the ugly, dirty, dark, horrible thing that wanted to destroy and kill me. 
And I've shared on this podcast how the concept of God was not something that I was able to comprehend and understand in my darkest of dark times. And call me a failure if you want. I'm I'm open to that. I believe that I failed my test. If I was being tested like Job, I failed. Of course, Job did too. But if you don't believe me, read it again. Uh, read the ending parts. Um, he, 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 he tries to defend himself and he gets in trouble for it anyway. Um, but I failed, I failed straight up. I, I did not keep my faith, um, the way I should have. I was empty and hollow and dead inside. And I didn't think there was anything for God to salvage, much less a God that would allow me to suffer as I was. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't put it all together. And, uh, so I, naturally became a person that revolved, you know, my life, my survival, my day to day, night to night revolved around my depression and my anxiety. So how do I get God to the center of my life instead of depression? What does that mean? You know, I always hate in sermons when they tell you what to do, but they don't tell you how. You need to have God as the center of your life. Well, what does that mean? I had a friend today in church that said, it's a plastic platitude. It's a, it's a Christian plastic platitude that, that, that'll get you, won't even get you out the, uh, the, the parking lot today with any, with any help. Um, so what does that mean? I had, to, I had to flesh it out for myself. For me, getting God in the center of my life isn't a concept. It, it is a plan, Okay. It's the way I think, it's the way I believe, it's the way it works for me. So for me, it would mean making spiritual care as important as my mental care has been. My last 10 years have been about going to the doctor constantly, adjusting meds, trying to get things balanced out, trying to keep me some kind of balanced out. And uh, I have allowed my spiritual life, though I have maintained and grown a faith, and I have changed so much, and I think it's for the better, uh, my relationship, if if I'm meant to have one with God, is not up to snuff. Because I don't take care of my spirit as much as I have been concerned and cared for my brain. So what does that mean? How do we, how do we make, uh, how do we take spiritual care of ourselves? You know, uh, well, uh, rededicating myself to reading the Bible. Um, something I've slipped on. Okay. Prayer time. Um, taking time out of the day to pray instead of just praying sporadically, which is what I've done. Uh, I think at a time in my life, that was, there was a time I couldn't pray. And there was a time that I could pray, but only, only sporadically, only on the, on, you know, when I thought of it, like in the car or something. But I think, I think it's time to take time out during the day and, and just like walking. I'm not going to start at 45 minutes. I'm going to start small. Give me a prayer list. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to be organized. I'm going to attack this thing methodically, because that's the way it works. And then also sermons. 
uh, listening to sermons. I, I got to hear a sermon today. It was very good. It was great. It fills me so much to hear this man speak uh, when, when he preaches. Um, but I don't get sermons every Sunday. And so I am going to be online looking for uh, pastors that I enjoy. Right now, I am listening to a friend of mine who is a pastor. His name is Kevin Brown, and I've been listening to a series he's been doing uh, about lightening your load as you travel through life and and only carrying the things that uh, God would want you to carry. And that that is very timely for me, as was today's sermon, uh, The Unexpected Cross. Um, and it backed up everything I'm doing here. Um, the, in a nutshell, my, my thing about this morning's sermon was when, when life gives you an unexpected cross the way it did uh, the, the guy that carried Jesus's cross, um, you follow Jesus with that cross. And I have carried a cross. I have carried a very heavy, horrible. I have fallen. I have had other people pick up the cross for me and carry it. Uh, well, I struggled, um, and uh, but I don't know that I drug it along behind Jesus the whole time. But I'm committed to doing that now. I like the idea. Um, if I'm going to carry this cross for the rest of my life, and the day I lay it down is the day I die, then by God, at least they can say he dragged it, maybe kicking and screaming, but he drug it behind Jesus. Uh, all the way to Golgotha, <laughs> where he was pinned to that cross. Anyway, um, what what kind of new habits do I need to flesh out some of this stuff? Well, I just because of medication and and poor planning and depression, just straight up depression. My sleep schedule has gotten all kind of screwed up during my most recent downtime. My goal was to sleep as much of the day away as possible because I wouldn't have to deal with being miserable. Now, I would have horrible dreams. Anytime that wasn't normal sleeping time, I would have the most frustrating, horrible, wake up, upset dreams. But it was still better than trying to find something to do with my time here in the house. Um, so I was going to bed at, you know, uh, 10 o'clock at night, listening to audiobook, fall asleep, wake up in the middle of the night, get something to eat, Go back to bed, which I shouldn't do. Shouldn't shouldn't eat in the middle of the night. Um, and then uh, I would take Jay to school, go back to bed, sleep till two. Force myself over and over and over again to go back to sleep, go back to sleep, go back to sleep. Almost, it, it feels like being in a bathtub and dunking your head under the water till you can't breathe. And then you come up for air, take it a breath, and then you go under again and you stay for as long as you can uh, until you're out of breath. And then you come up again, take another breath and go back down. That's the way it feels to force yourself to go back to sleep when you know you don't really need to. It is a fight, but it's still better than being up and being miserable. And that's what la this last downtime was about. It wasn't about being sad. It wasn't about being, um, you know, depressed about who I am and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there was always, there's always, you know, sprinklings of that no matter what. But the 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 main gist of it was just feeling miserable, like finding no joy in anything at all. And so what are some new habits? I am still working on the first one. The first one is wake up by 10. Okay, that is a that is a goal. 
I, I think waking up and staying up um, when I pick up Jay, when I drop Jay off in the morning would be the most ideal, but it's not practical right now. 10 o'clock is a decent wake up time for James. Um, the trick is I don't have anything to get me out of the bed. Okay. I am not, I, I talked about it last week. I am not the most self-disciplined person. Um, I'm much better at making plans than following through with them. Uh, but I, but I've written down here, find something to get you up. Is it walking? You know, I don't know because that would require developing a habit. And at the moment when I'm in the bed and the alarm has gone off, it's a choice between turning it off and doing the easy thing or getting up and doing something. What is it? Is it breakfast? Is breakfast enough to get me out of the bed? I'm a fat guy. I like to eat. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. Um, so we'll see if next week, <laughs> uh, comes with any answers to that. Uh, but getting back on the treadmill, I walked, I I've been walking 30 minutes. I have, uh, been doing that, but I wrote it down. You know, it's a habit, make it a habit again. Um, I doing squats and pushups. I've been doing 10 squats and 10 pushups every day. It's a starting point. I haven't done reps yet. Haven't, haven't done that, but I've started squatting and pushing up and the squatting is painful <laughs> and the pushing up is painful, but it's something. And then of course, uh, our, my new habit I want to make is going at least three times to weight training at the Y. Uh, so Jen and I have discussed this and we're getting a family membership again, which she's excited about because she only has a membership to downtown, which has been saving us money. But we're going to get a universal one that uh, the whole family can use, including my son. So it's very good. Um, and then and some other things that'll just make me easier to be with for my wife. Okay. Thinking outside myself, thinking about God being the center of my life again, instead of my depression. Um, the other center of my life needs to be my wife. Okay. And she has cared for me these 10 plus years and has gotten very little in return. I try very hard to love her the most and take care of her the most, but she has, um, she has struggled. Uh, I would say as much, if not more than I have watching me go through. So what's going to keep her tied in to this relationship? What's going to, um, attract her to me, when the kids go off to school, you know, and it's just me and her. So one of my struggles is showering and it is a, it's the first thing to go when depression hits, but, um, I need to shower every day. I need to shower every day. I need to be the man who is always clean again. Also, I don't do any chores. There's a reason I didn't do chores before, but I should do them now. So I am going to start doing dishes for her in the evenings. Um, just other kind of hygiene things like having my hair done, uh, wearing actual clothes instead of pajamas all day. Uh, just putting, putting myself in a place that when she looks at me, she sees someone she can depend on and uh, who, who can give as well as take. You know what I'm saying? So these are, these are things that I want to do. And then I, and then I'm asking about myself about food issues. 
Um, the only sugar that I take that I still put into my body is cereal and um, gummies that I eat every night. I have two packages, two little snack packs of gummies as a dessert at the end of the day. And so I am eliminating both of those. Uh, what are you going to eat for breakfast is the question. Well, eggs and oatmeal is my goal for right now. Um, oatmeal probably more likely because it's in a bowl and it feels similar. Uh, it's warm. I'll eat it slower. Uh, it's, it's taste. I mean, there's some sugar in it, so it's got a little bit of what I want, but not as much. And it's got some good stuff in it. Um, so anyway, eggs and eggs and, uh, and oatmeal, not at the same time, of course, but, uh, and then eating at night. Um, I've just gotten this bad habit of waking up and I lay there and I can't sleep until I've had something to eat. And I know it's mental, but it doesn't happen every night. But when it does, I typically go downstairs and I try to be good, but I just grab a bowl of cereal. So getting rid of the cereal will force me to eat other things like apples, which I usually have a bowl of cereal on an apple or a banana or whatever. But if I've got to eat something, let it be something good, you know? And then of course, taking care to get rid of the gummies at night. It's just, it's the last of the bad habits that I have. So I don't eat French fries anymore. I don't eat fried foods anymore. You know, I'm trying. And then the, lastly is flavored drinks. I've, I've gotten to where I just, I'm still drinking a lot of water, but I've been using, you know, the sugarless drink packs. And I kind of asked myself this question where I'm like, uh, is that, is that any wor better for me than drinking diet soda, you know, to, to constantly drink flavored and colored water, um, so I don't know. I'm going to do some research on my own. I'd love to get your input if you know of such things. If drinking um, flavored water is harmless, then I would love to do it here and there. You know, um, I I have started uh, drinking soda during meals that I eat outside of the home. Not every time, but like this weekend I did. We had two meals outside the home and I had a soda at both. Uh, but I sip, I sip, I don't, I don't have a buttload of refills. I don't drink five glasses of soda with every meal. So, um, there it is. It's all dumped out in your face. How am I going to get God at the center of my depression? I'm going to start with what I know to do is to take care of myself, take care of my relationship with my wife, uh, allow room for God to speak to me by opening certain doors in my heart, uh, in my ears so I can hear and read and, and, and have conversations with folks, you know, cause I've, I've noticed that when I do better, um, my wife does better. It supports her. And, uh, you know, so, so I'm looking forward to that. I want to, I want to make these changes while I can. Um, in the past I've pursued trying to get employed. I've pursued trying to make something of myself. Um, this uptime, I want to try to work on myself on the inside. So 
There we go. Family updates. Um, hard to come by this week because, um, you know, not a lot's happened this week. I Oh, yeah. Uh, my wife and I <laughs> went out Saturday and saw Jordan Peterson. Uh, he did a lecture here in St. Louis. He's promoting his new book called We Who Wrestled with God. And he talked about the second chapter of Genesis, the creation of man and woman, um, the fall, you know, the Garden of Eden, the 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 viper or the serpent, you know, the the whole thing. It was it was two hours of him talking, and it was so good. My wife, I didn't realize, had not was not used to Jordan Peterson. If you've never heard of him, you owe it to yourself to look him up on uh, online. He he's a very smart man. He he pretty much got canceled politically by the left even though he was a leftist and probably still has a lot of left-leaning views uh because he, he was a press professor in canada and canada put this legislation in place where they said that you have got to respect the pronouns of trans people and he said look i don't mind calling people she or they or whatever they want but you can't force me legally to do it and so he took a hard stand and it it uh it made people hate him you know and it's also made a lot of people respect him uh so now he tours and he gives lectures he has a podcast he's uh connected with ben shapiro uh so you know he's just a great guy and i love his perspective i don't think he's a believer i think he is a uh, he is a, what do they call it? A, um, a, a searcher. I don't know what the right word is, but he is someone who is looking for God and he reads the scriptures. He studies them. He comes from a completely different perspective. Just this, uh, you know, intellectual analytical, you know, psychiatry side of things and comes to the same conclusions that your pastor would. And it's, it's so neat to see the word of God, flesh itself out no matter how it's approached it still gets the message through no matter how you read it i mean in many ways like like when it's translated into other languages and it saves you know the message saves people no matter what language it's in uh no matter how it's um looked into as long as it's looked into and given uh attention and 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 purpose and hope in your life uh, it will, it will flourish like a, like a seed. If, if it's got the right soil, it'll grow. And, uh, doesn't, doesn't matter how it was planted. As long as it's in that good soil, it'll grow. So anyway, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, if you haven't heard of Jordan Peterson, he has a book that I would highly suggest. It's called 12 rules for life an antidote to chaos. You can get it on Amazon for what? $13 new. So, uh, and then, you know, you can get it on audiobooks and on audible too. So spend a credit on it. It's worth it. 12 rules for life. It's great. Don't let your kids do things that makes you not like them. Um, stuff like that. Just good, good stuff. Matter of fact, I might re-listen to it. Jenna, uh, has been <laughs> in town twice since last week. She came in town for a Drake concert. Um, I only know Hotline Bling by Drake, so I, I'm not a big Drake follower. 
but he did a concert and she went to it and she enjoyed it. And then she came back this morning and drove home this afternoon just to go and see our friend David Godbout preach today. So that meant a lot to him. He called her out right there in front of everybody about how she was the one that traveled the furthest to come and see him. And uh, that's what she wanted to do. She wanted to, to, you know, touch his heart. And she did. So hats off to my awesome daughter. Uh, Jay has two big things coming up. He's turning 16 this week and he's going to get his driver's license this week. That is my number one goal is to get that guy his license. And uh, we've already found a place uh, because apparently St. Louis has a place you, you have to go to the highway patrol, but they only do it. They only open once a week, four times a month. And, and <laughs> apparently you go there and they filled up the whole day before you even get through the door with people. So St. Louis sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry to say, sorry to say it so bluntly, but it just does. It just does. So we're going to go somewhere else and, and uh, to another uh, place that is uh, just going to be a lot better experience where we actually have a chance uh, that's actually open on Friday because he wants to get his license on Friday. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I think I can do that. So uh, what am I re- reading, watching, and I'm playing? Well, I talk about video games for a little while because I, I do like me some video games right now. I just finished Alan Wake and Alan Wake American Nightmare. They are games about an author. He ends up in a Twilight Zone type village where his wife is taken from him and he is stuck in this town where characters from his uh, mystery novels are coming to life and trying to kill him. And you're actually playing him in a story that he wrote before the game started. So timeline is him and his wife go to this small town. There's evil in the cabin. The evil takes his wife and then convinces him. The only way to save her is to write a story uh, that will serve the, the darkness in the cabin. So he writes it, but he, but he sneaks in stuff that will help him to win at the end. But he's, but before he can finish the darkness stops him and he starts the story he was writing. And that's where you pick up the game and you find this out as you're going through it. The reason why all this weird stuff's happening and these shadow guys, but you have a flashlight in one hand and a, and a, a pistol in the other, and you have to hit these guys with light kind of to, to wear them down. And then once they're worn down, you can shoot them. Uh, but no, it's, it's really good. And every chapter that you're, when you're done, it ends like a TV show, Alan Wake. And he fl- shines his flashlight up at the screen and, and, uh, and there's a song and then you start the next chapter and it says last time on Alan Wake. And it recaps all the stuff that you've done in the game. Like it's like, it's a TV show. So I did that, and then I beat that. I, I've had this game. This game is old. I want to say it came out in, in the single digits, you know, like 05, 08, somewhere like that, and I had never played it. And I've got this thing where I'm like, I'm not going to buy any more games until I've played some of these games that I've bought. It's just stupid. 
So I played that one. And then uh, Alan Wake American Nightmare is a short game with a little bit of a story where uh, a, an alter ego of him that that is actually the main character in his stories um, comes alive and creates this little area that he has to uh, control. And it's the same kind of concept, but it's a time loop. So you go through the, the game over and over and over. And each time it's different and you learn what to do and how to beat him. And then you do, and it's great. And there's an Alan Wake too, but right now it's brand new and it is $50 and James is not going to spend $50 and James is not going to buy any more games until he's played some of the games he's bought that, and, and, and there's logic to this too. Okay. I put them on a, on a wish list because buying games is kind of was becoming a problem for me. Like I was getting joy out of it, you know? And, and that's not good. It's not good to get joy out of spending money like that, you know? So I had to reel myself in. And so I have a wish list and there's, there's two good things. First, uh, I'm not buying games. I'm not playing. And secondly, by the time I am ready to play the game, chances are the game is going to be cheaper than if I bought it now. So it makes sense. I don't have to play the latest, greatest games. I have no friends that play games. I have nobody to compare notes with. <laughs> so there's no reason for me to not wait. Uh, so anyway, uh, what am I playing though right now? Since I finished American Nightmare tonight, um, I've been, I'm playing three games right now. One is Brotato. <laughs> it's a, it's a little indie game and you're a potato and you have, uh, weapons that you can upgrade and you get these skills that you can buy and you shoot these little alien things that come at you. And it's very simple and very basic, but it's, there's tactics, uh, that you have to work on, you know, and, and some weapons work better with other weapons. And it's just a matter of mastering it. Very simple game, very complex gameplay. If that makes sense, Brotato, get it, get it. It's cheap. It's cheap online. Uh, I'm playing plot project Zomboid. Uh, I, I love a good zombie story. I just do. I, you know, I was a big fan of the walking dead. Um, back in the day and I love me a good old school black and white John Romero movie. Uh, I, I just, I love shambling zombies. You know, there there's, there's uh 28 days later and 28 weeks later where you have your rage zombies. Uh, there's, there's a world war Z where you have your virus zombies. I just, I like the good old fashioned, you know, shamblers that are slow. They're always coming they can't quite beat the door down, but maybe 15 of them could. They bite you. You you turn after you die. You know, just just the Romero zombie is my my standard. Uh, they don't talk. They don't say brains. Okay. They 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 anyway. So I'm playing a video game called Project Zomboid that is the most detailed, the most difficult zombie survival game I've ever played in my stinking life. And I've owned it forever, but it's one of the games that I said, I got to go back and I got to play it and it's hard. And I keep rage quitting. I can't live. I can't live in this game. Uh, you say, James, why not? What's the deal? 
Well, imagine if you were playing, uh, what's the, what's the thing with the people, the Sims, you know, the game, the Sims, where you have a little house and you have furniture and you go to jobs and stuff. Well, imagine that, but there are Ramiro zombies outside your house, slowly getting through your windows. Um, that's basically the game is you have, you know, a, an abandoned, everybody in town is dead, but you, you're the last survivor. There's zombies everywhere, especially around the houses and stuff. Not so much in the woods, but you have to scavenge for tools and food and try to get, uh, skills in carpentry and metalworking and, you know, how to hotwire a car. You have to learn how to use generators it is ridiculous how detailed this game is. I don't even try to do any of that stuff yet. I'm just trying to run around and find a pipe wrench so I can pop zombies in the head and stay alive. I was doing so good today. I was doing so good. I'd been alive for like two days. And <laughs> I'd had a couple run-ins with some zombies, but uh, I was doing good. I, I got... I got scraped up. You put a bandage on so you can rip curtains. You can rip up socks and, and jeans and make bandages. So I, I, was, I was putting a bandage. Oh, oh, this bandage is dirty. Okay, I got to take it off and put another one on. And when I took it off, it, it didn't say scratched, uh, which is normal. It said bitten. And I'm like, dead gum it. Because just like a Ramiro movie, there is no cure. Once you are bit, it is over. It is over. So I just quit the game. I don't even wait to die. I just start a new life. I mean, the whole game starts off with three sentences. Every time you start a new level or a new world, it says, these are the end times. There was no hope for survival. This is how you died. And you do, you die at the end <laughs> of every game. And it's, it's like Tetris, you know, you're going to die at the end. Uh, so anyway, there, there you go. I'm excited about, uh, project Zomboid. The third game I'm playing is I'm replaying Bioshock two. Bioshock is a great game series is Bioshock, Bioshock two, and Bioshock infinite, which took, took a whole spin on the whole thing. But it's in short, it's about a guy named Andrew Ryan that built a utopia at the bottom of the ocean. And it's all fifties retro, uh, you know, actually it's twenties, but it's fifties. Anyway, it's all uh, art deco style buildings underwater. And he, he wanted to remove the government and, and, and let scientists work freely and let, uh, yeah. Anyway, so it, oh, it's, it's a dystopia now because the place had, everybody's gotten high off these drugs that they developed that gives them special powers and everybody's a mutant now and you're down there and you have been brought there and you have to save uh, somebody's family front that is still alive down there. That's the first one. The second one, you become a big daddy, which is a character that is uh, belongs to the dystopia. He is uh, uh, some sort of creature inside of a giant diving suit. And um, he helps the little sisters and the little sisters collect Adam. And it's, it's a whole lore thing. So I won't waste your time, but I'll just say that it, I remember the story of the first game. And if you haven't played the first game, I highly suggest it. It's a little sweary. And of course you're shooting, you know, people and stuff. So if you hate that stuff, then continue to please hate that stuff. But if you are a gamer like me and you want to, you've never played freaking Bioshock, play Bioshock. It has the single best story line in a video game that I have personally ever seen. 
Um, and that's saying a lot. I've seen a lot of good stories, you know, The Last of Us, um, you know, a whole bunch of other things. But this one, boom, it'll blow your stinking mind. And it makes you guess, second guess everything you've been doing in that game from the beginning, from the moment you started playing. Oh my gosh. And, uh, but there's a good story in Bioshock 2. I just don't remember it. So I'm going to play it again. So I'm doing that too. So hallelujah to you. I'm enjoying some evening time playing Bioshock 2, Project Zomboid, which I'm hating and loving at the same time, and Brotato, where I want to be the best little tater I can be. So what am I doing this week? Oh, uh, what am I reading? I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got ahead of myself there. I'm reading uh, Oliver Twist. So that's what I'm reading. And um, man, man, uh, you know, it's Charles Dickens. He is my hero because he represented the poor and, and the underprivileged so well through all of his stories and, and really put the, the plight of the underclass in the face of the privileged uh, in, in English, in England, in London. So uh, he, he's doing the same thing with Oliver Twist, but he has such sarcasm. Oh my gosh. I just, oh, it just hurts to read it so good. He just, he talks about these people that think they're doing great jobs for the poor and for these kids. And, and yet they're, they're trying to, you know, uh, butter their own toast the whole time and, and the heck with the kids, you know, and he, he, but he's bragging on them as if they're the best people in the world. And they're obviously not. And it's just, it's a good read. It really, really is. And it's a great musical. Um, I, if you haven't seen the film, it's, uh, it's great. I, I watched, I haven't seen it recently, but when I was a kid, I saw it like eight times cause it was on Disney channel and they played it over and over and over and Oliver, Oliver, never before is a boy wanted more Oliver, Oliver asking for more when he knows what's in store. It's a blinding staircase without any banister and we'll throw you down and something. So anyway, um, yeah, it's great. It's great. It's a great movie. It's a great book. And I would suggest it to anyone. You can get it for free. Speaking of free, did you know that you can jump on and become a member of the Broward County Library, no matter where you live in America, and you can borrow digital media from this uh, place? This is where I get most of my audiobooks because the St. Louis library system sucks. And uh, so I, I use Libby and Libby allows me to search and download audiobooks from those two libraries. So I have two libraries on there and one of them is Broward County. It's in Florida. So check it out, man. It's a good tip. It's a good tip. So, uh, yeah, Jay's getting his license. Jenna's been here a couple times. Things are changing. God's going to be the center of my life again. I'm sure he's thrilled. Uh, this uh, episode was brought to you by our supporting Patreon members with special thanks to Carrie Wright, Carrie Bernhardt, and Mike Jones. Support me, please, and get show perks, including a GOK sticker, and weekly bonus audio content today at patreon.com slash GOK. And join me on a journey that I'm taking uh, with GOK+. Plus. Uh, it, it's, it's going to be, it's an awesome journey. It's an interesting thing. I just, I, eh, you know, I, I don't want everybody in my world to know, but if you want to know and you want to support me, uh, you can do so at, uh, patreon.com slash GOK. Thank you. 
we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll see how all this crap uh, holds up under the under the flames of everyday life. Peace.